Great morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and the Office of Mission, Ministry, and Interfaith Dialogue at St. Francis College in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. My great pleasure to be back with you again today. The purpose of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as to utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. This is a very special time, February, often thought of as the month of relationships. And as such, we are honored today to have with us a very, very special guest. And she's no stranger to our thank God for Monday airwaves. Her name is Kathleen Neville. Kathleen is a marketing and communications executive and published author with expertise in brand, reputation, and crisis management. She is also a leading authority on addressing complex societal and conduct issues facing companies, sports leagues, schools, and organizations. Great morning and welcome back to Thank God for Monday, Kathleen. Good morning, brother. Thank you so much for having me back. I really appreciate it. And you yeah. know that I February, you're the highlight of February <laughs> every year. <laughs> that is so kind of you to say. We're going to jump right in the deep end of the pool because we got a lot to talk right. about today. Because for today's episode, we're really going to discuss the impact our individual and collective behavior and conduct has on our reputation those around us, and the culture at large. And you've got some big updates for us in this area. As part of this discussion, we're also going to chat about the status of the serious social and misconduct issues we continue to face, sadly including and especially sexual harassment. Kathleen, it's been a full year since you were last on, thank God, for Monday, and what a year it's been when it comes to discussions about appropriate and inappropriate behavior in the workplace. Share with us, please, spill the tea. What's been going on since you last appeared on Thank God for Monday? Well, um, brother, just as it was last year, when you think, do we as a society and as um, workplaces, do we have a handle on how to address sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior in the workplace? And Despite you know efforts to develop um, online training programs, that we still have uh, a broad resistance to someone telling us what to do through an online um, training program. Um, we have resistance in general, and then we have questions about the effectiveness of it. Um, it's only one part of addressing this kind of behavior. We also in the workplace need people that are 
highly skilled and experienced at this very difficult, it's difficult to determine and it's difficult to um, proceed appropriately. Um, you know, people, if there's a long list, brother, since the last time we talked of, and I'm talking about a very long list of people that have lost their jobs, high profile. We actually think nothing of it now. Um, you know, like in the New York Times a few weeks ago, there was, you know, there's two individuals at a network, at a um, major television network that have lost their, it looks like they've lost their jobs because they had a relationship. And that sounds like what? But, you know, this is a good example of everyone trying to figure out what's, um, is that kind of behavior inappropriate? Does it impact the workplace? I don't know all the specifics because it's internal. But um, so since last year, we've had, um, from my perspective, it's still all going on and we haven't really effectively addressed it, which is a concern for me because as you know, that I've been on all sides of this, these issues sure. and I've worked with men, many men that have been accused of sexual harassment, inappropriate behavior. I've worked with many, many women and I've also done um, a significant number of investigations. So I know I know from the inside out, you know, what its effect is on people. And it's it changes lives and not for the better. Uh, you could, someone that spent their whole life becoming, or their education, becoming an engineer or a doctor or a communication specialist. And if, if you're out for that, if you're gone, fired, um, it's very difficult to get back in your field, very difficult. So then what do you do? So yes, the last year has been very busy. I've been focusing um, in addition to workplaces, I've been focusing on um, those just getting uh, get their final year in college, preparing for today's workplace. So, and I have a couple of things I want to say about that, like today's workplace, what what our graduates are facing. Wow, and we're going to get to that, certainly, no doubt about that. Thank God we have you on the show this morning, Kathleen. We're so blessed to be graced by someone of your incredible ilk. Now, you've been working on your new book. It's very exciting, a couple of years now. And I know myself how long it takes to write a book. What a year it's been for the topic that your book addresses. Because in your upcoming book, Untarnished, how to build and preserve your reputation in the age of misconduct. There's a lot of nuggets that are going to be useful to college students, recent graduates. Would you like to share a few of those with yes, us? Yes, I'd love to, um, because this is so important. And you know, I'm very involved with um, universities. I, you know, I just love, I love where students are in their life and I'm so excited for them and their bright future. But at the same time, I also, what I know is that their reputations right now matter as they approach companies, it matters. And it's so easy to get a glimpse of someone who someone is because 
the information is so accessible. I can find out, I can find out anything. So can you looking at social media um, posts and then um, in general online. So what I ask students that are about to go into the workplace, first of all, for them to be aware that they know nothing about today's workplace culture. It's like no other. So they need to, they're prepared for their field, but not for today's workplace. So first thing that, and I'm condensing greatly, um, but the first thing that we ask them to do, three points, three steps uh, before they, and, and really this is for high school seniors too, applying for college, but understand that you need to tell your story about who you are and in, in these times, and this is true with products on the market, that if you don't tell your story of who you are effectively um, every day, um, I mean, that's what people know. They know you from how you act and what you say, but you need to tell your story very well. And you also need to be mindful of there is a line. It's not college anymore. There is a line between your personal and professional life. Wow. And, and if you give a lot of information freely, you know, you go out after work and you're in a bar and, um, you know, that how they say that it can and it could be used against you. Um, yeah. Because you don't know the people at work, especially now with remote and hybrid, that you don't know them. They'll fill the blanks in of who you are so you have to work extra hard for your presence and for people to know by just talking to you, brother, for one conversation. I knew when I first met you, you're extremely ethical. You're extremely uh -huh. kind. But it came out in what you said and what you did. So they have to be mindful. They need to tell their story. And I'm I'm not talking about tell a big story, long story, but the who they are should be on the, you know, they should be mindful. Um, then live up to it. Like I'm a good guy, I'm this, I'm that, then live up to it. And then the self-assessment. So I ask them first to look at their, go back through their social media, go back online and think of the adjectives that if this was a stranger, what adjectives would you use as a conclusion to who this person is? And um, wow. that's, you know, there's people that I, you know, and I'm very careful on social media. There's people I actually don't like now <laughs> because I've seen what they've said on Facebook that, oh, you know, wow. into other people, then I'm not, I, I, I'm going to be cautious about any kind of relationship, friendship, um, or dealings with them. So, and for students, that this is a wonderful thing that they can do for themselves, for themselves, is start establishing their reputation. So when they move from job to job, and they will probably, well, that they have a reputation in the field out there and it's a good one. Well, so that's, you know, it's really, um, but I, they're not prepared for the workplace culture that we have going on today. They're just not. 
And then I will also want to comment on Please. you know getting involved. So if we have time. Yes, absolutely. No okay. doubt about it. But I would like first to talk about, and I don't know if you came up with this phrase, and by the way, Kathleen, I should say, from the first moment that we were in contact, I said, we have to get this person on, thank God, for Monday, because she exemplifies the ethics, the loyalty, the credibility that, thank God, for Monday is all about. So you have been just an icon. Of oh, thank you. Et cetera, et cetera. So thank you for all of that. Uh, I don't know if you coined this phrase, the age of misconduct. I did. Yeah, I did. A brilliant phrase. How big is all of this getting? Where, where, Kathleen, is this going? Um, I think it's overwhelming. And until we come up with effective ways of connecting with that, so people are receptive, because right now, even, even the, the best employees in their heart of hearts are like, I wish we didn't have to do this. Um, you know, what's, why do I have to do it? Um, there's a reluctance. And so I feel that it should be much more professional development um, and approached that way. And it, this isn't easy. This isn't easy stuff. Um, like, for example, large corporations, I mean, they, they, they invest in this and, sure. but it's an ongoing, it's not, you know, I always say that was, they were um, presented with this, exposed to it um, one day in 365 days, you know, that a lot of companies don't have ongoing and it's not oh, part no. of who they are, it's, it's separate. So we've covered that. It's like the fire drill. We've covered that, but it needs to be woven. It needs to be woven into um, everyday business and everyday um, interaction within the workplace. This is so interesting because uh, Seton Hall, the Catholic University of New Jersey, St. Francis College, our great Catholic Franciscan College in Brooklyn. As you say, this is not a one-off. This is not a one-day training. Our Catholic Franciscan values demand this be a 365-day-a-year uh, uh, inter intertwining, instilling into all of us. No question about that. And we will not settle for anything less. No question about it. Now, you really and I are, as Kathleen, you are the authority on sexual harassment. You mentioned before about the pandemic. A lot more people are working from home than when you first started there, I thank God, for Monday. With so many people working from home, has there been less sexual harassment and discrimination in our virtual workplaces? I would no, it went up. It, it oh, went up. no. Let's it did because, because there, was a, a, there was a change in demeanor um, with people, Zoom calls, and the way they communicated with um, coworkers or um, colleagues. So, and misinterpretation, you know, I would say that um, a lot of like, I, he said this to me, he said this to me in a text, she said this to me. So it's more challenging because you're taking out the standard workplace. And a lot of people oh. don't think, they don't think that what they 
texted or, you know, whatever mode of communication they use within, within their workplace, um, you know, they're, and it's maybe 10 o'clock at night, they're working on a project um, or trying to meet a deadline. But that's what I've seen personally that, you know, where I've been called by companies to address like sexual harassment charges when in fact the two people haven't even been in the same room for a long time. Wow. So that's something that's something again back to our college graduates ready for this today's workplace culture. And it could be it and oftentimes it is innocent, maybe inappropriate, but um and misinterpreted. So not easy. Not at all. And this is very interesting because not at Seton Hall or at St. Francis, but I've heard at some other colleges, there's been a challenge with the pandemic. Every class was on Zoom there for a bit of time. And some students, college students, were showing up, I don't want to say inappropriately dressed, but oh, they yeah. really didn't kind of care what they were wearing. And <laughs> right. sadly, that can sometimes send some bad signals. If you know. It does. It does. We kind of blew apart the structure of how we work together um, and we haven't put it, we haven't, even if it, it's a new model and of course it is, but we need to, we need to address that. And I know that companies, you know, I follow this closely and I know companies are really trying to address and they're also committed to um, diversity you know, and inclusion, there, sure. but it's not going to happen overnight. It has to be, you know, consistent and there has to be buy-in. Yeah. And that's where the, that's where the proof will be whether or not we've been successful at all these issues is that when people go, I want to do it this way, this is the right way rather than I have to do it this way. You said it perfectly there. Now, we always ask this question every year, but it's something we want to ask and need to ask every year. Where are the men in all of this, please, Kathleen? And has their role even changed in the last year? Well, I think I can't generalize. I can't use all men um, because you know that I have an, I, I resist when people say all women, I believe all women. Um, so, you know, I'm, very much in the center that thank you um, yes and and as far as most men I will say are are with us on this they want they want to be in a safe workplace too they don't want to be worried about oh my gosh there's a claim against me they they are you know I I feel more than ever and I've been in this for many years that Men are trying to find answers and they're trying to understand, um, you know, those very subtle um, that things that we we do or they do that may be misinterpreted by them. So I feel like men um, understand the seriousness of it. And this is not all men, most men. And then there's the group of. I say it's two percent that are not getting this and they still are doing whatever they want in the workplace and they find there's nothing wrong. And that's really 
gender bias from early days since they were probably five years old. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, and by the way, I did my thesis on that. So I have research and proof that that kind of behavior starts very early. As soon oh, as there's no. social interaction, like even, you know, I have even some daycare um, preschool stories, not a lot, but, you know, we are responsible for teaching that to our young people. And we need to be mindful. They, you said role models earlier. We all have to be role models in order to change that. No doubt about it. Seton Hall and uh, St. Francis College in particular, both schools, were very, very careful about the modeling. Because that's how right. our students learn. No, no question about it. I, I have to ask you this because I took over a new job. I was very quickly moved into a new role last February, just after we spoke. And I've been kind of immersed there and haven't been paying attention to a whole lot of other things. Unfortunately, shame on me in a lot of ways. But I haven't heard a whole lot, Kathleen, about the Me Too movement. Yeah. Is it still there? Is it changed? Well, that's a very good question. No, it's a very good question because I'm thinking the same thing. Um, I think um, they took some hits, as in, you know, criticism. And there were there was a lot of, you know, changes. So that, I guess I'll answer that as an organization, um, I believe they're still, you know, active, but I haven't, I haven't seen it, but that's, you know, I'm not the center of the world. Um, <laughs> but I think the, the whole um, point of the Me Too movement is as strong as ever that you know look we have to do it's time you know and i'm going to say too that um brother that there are so many women to this day that are in a no-win situation and they know that if they complain they're they're not going to be looked at the same way i mean oh. there's all that and i just talked to two young women that are in high school that work in, you know, fast food, sure. delis, um, and they had both individually had, and were very uncomfortable talking about it, but they had been, you know, experienced sexual harassment by their bosses, which, oh, no. you know, um, 30 more years older than oh them. My, oh my and God. They, and this is with young people, both men or young men and women that it's very difficult if they're an intern or, you know, part-time job while they're in, in high school or college, they have no place to go with that. They don't. And we need to do more for them. Absolutely. They're very vulnerable. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. Time is getting short, sadly. We've only got about eight minutes, but I've got some important questions to ask. Okay. Certainly. Uh, and these are things we followed up on from earlier in the interview. You started to talk about a couple of things students can do to start building their reputation. Can you expand a couple of more tips, please? Because we've got a lot of students listening today. Oh, sure. Um, being aware that you have a reputation um, 
is a good place to start and, you know, not glossing over that. And I, I think I told you that I've worked with athletic teams um, in colleges and they, you know, they really need to, these days, they really need to have um, a desirable reputation because now, if, I don't know if you know that with um, uh, college basketball, uh, sports, all um, all the divisions that they now have um, name, image, and likeness that they can they can represent a brand and they can make money. Oh, I was not aware of that. Wow. Yeah. So it's reputation. So uh, a brand is not going to, and this is just an example of like where they all are, whether they're an athlete or not, but um, association, um, you know, the reputation being associate, associated with a brand, they're learning early that um, if they, you know, screw up, then they'll move on to another athlete. Wow. Um, students need to know that as far as their reputation, when they think about where they're going to work, that they have to really be aligned with their mission and their values. And that it's, so it's important for them to want to work for someone because they do have that um, strong value base. Um, and if they, if a college student, um, doesn't pay attention to it, they will, they will have a hard time and not figuring, figuring out why they're not being recognized or promoted because they don't fit with what they want the brand to project. And we do, that does matter. And here's one um, and I, I never, you know, I don't like to mention names or companies because yeah. my work isn't about, um, I'm not doing investigative work on companies or criticizing. My whole goal is to help people have like a great workplace and be a part of it and know how to be a part of it, how to contribute ethically and through your values. So that. Um, but there's a company now that, you know, very hip company, but they have, you know, in the headlines, uh, sexual harassment. Um, and this time it's a woman allegedly sexually harassing a male. Oh. So I'm bringing that up because, again, I feel like college students are very vulnerable um, going out there and they've worked really hard and they have student loans and um, they, you know, they need all the prep we can give them. Um, so I, I'm, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've only got about three minutes, sadly, but, uh, still two more important questions. Uh, we have a lot of our students in part-time jobs, internships, a couple of quick uh, responses, please, uh, Kathleen. When it comes to getting involved with coworkers or superior on the job, because I'm sure this is all new to the college. Right. Um, I say, you know, really think hard. If um, you know, it's a coworker and they don't have any authority or power over you, but um you're there obviously because you need the money and you need the job. 
So it's a great idea. You know, don't have that be your um, one stop. And, you know, think hard because when relationships, if they have a 50-50 chance of you're dating someone that it's not going to work out sure. and then you have, and maybe one person wants it to continue, one doesn't. Um, it's just something to really think hard about. The the uh, situation at the network um, that, you know, they did not tell their company that, you know, that they were involved. Oh, and, wow. and I'm always, I've always told companies that, and employees need to understand that if in a relationship, there's three parties involved. And the other is the company. And that's why, you know, that's why they make the decisions they make because liability and also, you know, they're in that relationship because it's taking place in their workplace. So I always recommend if someone you think this is the one, then go to your company together and tell them that um, this is happening you have a much better shot at that working out to be a happy ending. Yeah. What great advice, certainly, because uh, students uh, have to be careful in their part-time work and their internships, because as you've always said, sadly, people are still using their power to get mm-hmm. dates and have sexual relations with those of less perceived power. So uh, caution is indeed very, very important. We've saved the most important question, Kathleen, for last, untarnished. When do you think it will be available? How can our loyal listeners best contact you? Well, and thank you for being patient with me on that book. And the reason why it's taken me so long, it's so the issues are so active and there's so much that I want to put in the book um, because I want it to help people. Mm. So um, I think, and by the way, my first two books, you know, I was able to write them each in, you know, nine months out out the door. Wow. But this one, this one, this one is really important. I mean, they all were, but this is want to get it right. So, I would say, you know, probably information would be out um, in the fall. So, but um, if anyone wants to contact me, you know, about anything, that they, they certainly can. But it, it's coming. It's now. It's in sight, brother. Wonderful. Oh, that is such a beautiful. I feel like I didn't get my homework done, but it's not that. It's not not that. at all, Kathleen. And this book, like your others, is going to be transformative for the world. This one is really going to change the world in so many ways. So loyal listeners, please, please keep your eyes and ears open for Untarnished. It should be out later this year. Definitely a read for you. And you definitely want to give one or more copies to friends, of family members, especially younger people who are starting uh, in the workplace. Kathleen Neville, we can't thank you enough for gracing the airways of Thank God for Monday today. As always, so inspiring, uh, so enlightening. And listeners, I want to just quickly mention to you, our new website has just been completed. ThankGodForMonday.com. ThankGodForMonday.com. There is a Hall of Fame section. And whose picture will you see in a beautiful write-up? None other than Kathleen Neville, the first of our inductees. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, Kathleen. A little token of our appreciation for all you've done for Thank God for Monday over the many years we've been on the air. 
Listeners, sadly, once again, we're out of time. Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Kathleen does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. Until next week's episode, have a great week, everyone.